The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about B2B marketing using events. Joining us today is Ike Singal Kehal, who is the CEO of Social27, which is a virtual event platform that helps businesses connect with potential clients, provide marketing opportunities, and scout partnerships without all the hassle. And today, Ike and I are going to talk about how you can understand your B2B customers' needs. All right, here's my conversation with Ike Singh Kehal, the CEO of Social27. Ike, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much, Benjamin. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited to have you as our guest. Excited to talk a little bit about B2B marketing. And I know that you specialize in events and social marketing. You know, let's start off at the top here. Your company, Social27. Tell us a little bit about what you do and about your background. So yeah, Social27, we've been around for about roughly 10-ish years. Before this, myself and the co-founder, both of us used to work at Microsoft. I was on the part of marketing and events side, did a lot of global events all over the world, had a good time. Uh, Some of them included scavenger hunts with partners in the south of France. So good old times. Oh, the Microsoft budget. I know. Yeah. (laughs) What can you do? I had to make sure the partners feel the love. But both of us decided to graduate from corporate life and get into real life. And we founded Social27. And again, the focus has always been on enterprise software with a few different avatars over the years. And right now in 2019 is when we kind of like re-architected our event solution uh, and came up with the latest version of what we have right now, which is our virtual and hybrid events platform. As you mentioned earlier, the goal is all about connecting people in the most relevant way. We do focus on accelerating sales for a lot of our customers by using events for that particular purpose and also on building community. So that's really what we do. So you've done a couple of different flavors of your company, and now you're primarily focused on events. Talk to me about what you've learned throughout your long career, not only working at Microsoft, but running your own company, about the B2B customers. How are they different than B2C? And specifically, how do you find which customers are the right one for your business? For me, I think, again, for the last since year 2000-ish onwards, for the last 20 plus years, I've been in the B2B space. I did try my hand at something that was B2C, uh, an app connecting people called ActivityPal slash TurnUp. We raised about $5 million for that, gave away $3 million back to my investors because I don't really get the B2C space. I'll be very clear and honest about that. 
for me, what excites me is when I'm actually solving challenges, mostly for the enterprise and the upper mid-market. That's where my sweet spot is. Uh, this customer, yes, it is hard to get them, but I like it when we start an engagement with a PO. So that I think is ingrained in my mind. And in the B2C space, it was all about getting the numbers and having millions of people come to your app. Pretty much giving it away for free wasn't necessarily what got me going. And that's the reason why I stepped out of that particular position and I'm back in the B2B space the last few years again. So I think for me, B2B is really all about understanding your customers' needs. It's not like buyers don't want to buy it. They just need to find the relevant solution for them, which makes sense. And so, yes, it is tougher than in most B2C scenarios. But once you're in, you're in there for the long haul and you build a strong relationship and hopefully lots of revenue along with that. You know, I think of the difference between B2B and B2C Obviously, there is a spectrum and there is the classic B2C high volume premium or low price point impulse purchase where you're just going for velocity. You're just going for tons of people. And the best products are the ones that have universally applicable products. Uber, everybody needs transportations. Quibi, the toothbrush, everybody needs a toothbrush. Maybe not everybody needs an electric toothbrush, but you know, those are classic B to C models and even down to D to C models where we're getting into like Casper mattresses. Everyone needs a mattress. Those make the best B to C businesses. And, you know, it's kind of universal coverage and having these really high frequencies because you need to reach a lot of people and catch them when they're in market or at least drive enough impulse. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you get the B2B sort of ABM style strategy where it's not, well, we're just going to spread the peanut butter really thin. It is, I'm going to be laser targeted at the one buyer who matters. And if I get that one person this quarter, it's a good quarter. So talk to me about some of the ways you mentioned, well, it's all about understanding your customers. How do you figure out who are those right customers first before you figure out what your marketing tactics are? Where we have achieved success, at least for us, is what we refer to as business to human. Because end of the day, yes, there is B2C products and B2B products, but end of the day, you're selling to a person. And in many cases, the differences between most products out there, at least in the beginning, before they delve into it, are minor. I'm going to chime in here. And one of the things that I always think is funny is people think that B2C marketing is more personal because you're reaching out directly to the consumer. And my experience is that B2C marketing, you end up marketing to get people to your website. You're not actually thinking about who the people are. It's, I need traffic. I need to understand how that traffic converts as opposed to, I am trying to solve one specific person. I find that often B2B marketing is more personal, is more tailored to a specific individual or type of customer as opposed to broad marketing, which seems counterintuitive. Sorry, I cut you off. Go on with what you were saying. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And so that is what it is, right? So for us to really be able to sell, you know, to an enterprise account or upper mid-market account, we are essentially selling to at least 10 or 15 individuals there. So those are those human beings in the mix, right? It used to be four to five, but now it's about 10 to 15 people who are involved in the decision. Because especially a lot of the software that we kind of sell touches many different departments. I mean, think about the event marketing person, think about the salespeople, the marketing people, because they're using our software as well to get leads and so forth. Think about the IT side of the house, which has to make sure that we are secure, compliant, and so forth. Procurement, I mean, there's multiple people involved in that decision. So I think for me, it is always to craft that message with the understanding of the intent of that individual. Because everybody has a slightly different intent, which kind of comes together as the account's intent. But we have to be able to have the right message for the right audience 
And also, in many cases, you get a champion inside the account who really likes what you guys do. But then that champion needs to be given all the right resources so that they don't have to figure it out, but they can actually just send that one pager to the IT guy, one pager to the procurement person, the one page to the salesperson, and help you mobilize your message inside the account. Yeah, it's interesting that when we talk about understanding your customers' needs, it is customers with an S. And even though it might only be one account or one type of business, you need to understand who is your internal champion, who is your operator, who are some of these support functions. You know, if you're selling marketing software, you might need to create documentation for the engineering team that has to do the implementation. And obviously, there's an executive buyer as well. So how do you figure out not only what your customers' needs are in terms of solving their pain points, but also figure out who to market to when you're thinking of operator, internal champion, executive buyer, supporting functions? How do you create a marketing plan that reaches everyone? And you know, are they different channels as well? Yes, I would say there might be different channels in many ways. Again, most of the conversations start with your primary in there, which in our case is the events teams in most cases, but most event teams sit in marketing. So it's the marketing people that we talk in the beginning, but just the way our platform works and our product works, it actually really extends into sales as well. So I do my best to involve the sales out of the house as soon as I can, at least with our messaging and the value that we can bring to that table as well. So for us, I think, you know, the different players are going to be involved, you know, let it be an RFP or whatever else be. So we already prepare all of our documentation accordingly and the right messaging for each of those different players that we will encounter. So that is something we start talking about right in the beginning so that the person that I am talking to then starts believing in us more because they themselves are like, wow, you guys are absolutely amazing, but there's no way I'm going to have this fly by my security people, right? So I think you have to, they will become your champion if you have covered all those bases. So by putting even in your strategy right in the beginning with your primary champion inside that org, giving them that insight into like, look, don't worry, we've got ourselves covered from all the other aspects as well, makes them even a bigger champion of yours. So that is kind of how you approach these things. So you mentioned an example of, well, the product that I'm selling might not get past my security team. Every organization structured a little bit differently. And I'm assuming that every organization has somewhat similar but nuanced different needs. So when you're developing your marketing strategy and you're thinking about a B2B customer, knowing that there are multiple constituents for the average customer, but everybody's a little different, you know, how do you really hone in on what specific needs each individual company has? Talk to me about what research you're doing or what's the process for not only scouting out a company and figuring out what their processes are, but also mining them for the needs so you can solve that pain point. So basically for us, it's all about listening to the customer. The customer is the best person to tell you. We are very clear about who our ICP, our ideal customer profile is. And the current customers that I have, I make sure that I'm having monthly in some cases, but even for certainly quarterly check-ins with them. And in that process, you really get to understand their particular needs and some of the needs that they foresee coming their way in the very near future. We actually have a customer council in which we actually are bringing our customers even to have discussions around the product roadmap six to nine months out. So that really helps us to kind of keep an ear on the ground to really understand what are the needs of my ideal customer. Yes, you're right. Every customer is different. So when we go and approach a new customer, I have a good understanding of generally saying what the framework of their needs is. 
We present those needs to the customer and then we have them choose among those which are most important. Because again, it's not just about saying like, well, okay, if my ideal customer is a tech company in the Fortune 500, great. But then on the other side, the person I'm dealing with might be at different stages of their knowledge about this space. They might be coming from the same customer type, but their own personal knowledge could be at different stages. So like really getting to understand like here are those 10, 15 things that we hear from most customers. What is most important to you and where are you in this particular stage? And then we kind of like, you know, start that whole process with them. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. What I found with B2B marketing is that often you can find people that are in your target market, but they're not necessarily in buy mode. We're not talking about impulse purchases. We're talking about slower product life cycles. You might be replacing an incumbent product. Maybe somebody doesn't realize they have the need. Figuring out when somebody is in market is always an important challenge. Are there data sources that you look at? I know that there's vendors that do intent data. And we had a sponsor of the MarTech podcast, HG Insights, that tells you basically what a tech stack is for a given company and even down to when their deals might be ending. Are there other sources that you're looking at to try to figure out when somebody is in market once you've figured out that they are in your ICP? The way I think about this is when somebody's already in market and by the time companies like us get to know of them, they're pretty much 50-60% down in their buying cycle. Because in many cases, the way a lot of our customers at least buy is that they will do a lot of research in those areas by themselves. And they will talk to their peers. They will go and check you out, you know, multiple different vendors. So by the time they really start giving out actual buy signals, it might be 50% down that road. I mean, yes, it's great if they will contact us, sure. But the point is that you have to keep on sowing seeds throughout the process. So being connected with people in the overall industry who are focused on events, who are focused on this kind of marketing, automation and sales automation, and an ongoing way is what we focus on, right? It's about relationships over a period of time. 
so that when they do get into that buying mode, they will think about us and they might give us a quick call to see if we can meet their needs. But on the other side, I'm actually in a very interesting space where I do B2B events. So the point is, my customers actually invite a bunch of other B2B people to their events. So I automatically get to understand and see what these people are wanting and what are they looking for in these kind of experiences. And a lot of my leads actually come from that. When somebody's experienced my environment, my solution, and they're like, okay, who is this vendor? I really like this experience. So a lot of our sales are actually product-led, which is a very amazing thing that this is the business that we sit in, that you know, we automatically get customers coming and consuming our product without us inviting them. Yeah, it's interesting. You have a, I guess I'd call it virality, where someone gets to experience your product. You called it product-led referrals, virality. I guess I already said referrals, but it could be a referral as well from an existing customer or vendor that allows you to do lead generation from people that are experiencing your products and services. I think that one of the, not everybody works in the event space, one of the other ways to think about finding someone when they are actually in market, you know, that's something that requires cultivation. And that's often what nurture campaigns are. And I feel like nurture campaigns, a lot of marketers think, well, I just have to keep emailing people regularly as opposed to how do I continually create value for someone if they are not in market? Events is a great example of a a way that you can nurture someone, inviting them to an event, talking to them about what the event was. It creates content. You could repurpose that and share it with them. What are some of the other ways that you think about delivering a positive experience through a nurture campaign that helps you fulfill your customer needs until they are actually in market and ready to buy? So I think, I mean, again, what we are doing right now is certainly one of those strategies, right, which is to lend our voice to the conversation that is happening inside marketing circles so that people think about us like, oh, this person has something interesting to say. And maybe down the road, they call us. The point is, it's avenues of this kind, but then mostly it is also continuously. LinkedIn is certainly a place for us where we do put a lot of our thought out there on a continuous basis. And we do get a lot of engagement through that. And we kind of help them learn more about the space does help. I'll give you a small example. Dell World is something that we did for Dell many years. And the lead came to me through my blog a few years ago, right? So this was somebody said, like, I love reading your blog. I love the way you guys think. I've got an opportunity. You know, I've just joined the Dell World event team. I would love to talk to you guys. So it says, again, it was that nurture that happened over a period of time where you just kind of put knowledge out there, the learnings that we have from the, you know, again, we do hundreds of events all the time. And so we have access to so much insights and we keep on putting those insights out there and educating and just making people aware of what's working, what's not working. And that just helps the community overall. So again, it goes back to what you just said, which is, you know, nurture the industry and nurture the ideal customer audience. And hopefully when they do have a need, they will reach out to you. Yeah. You know, I think that you hit the nail on the head when it comes down to nurture. Events are obviously a great channel, but to me, it's about content, right? You can do some digital events. You can do in-person events, webinars. They require a lot of effort. So to me, those are strategies that you're mixing in, in between what you're doing with your content. And content doesn't just have to be a blog. I happen to be a fan of podcasting personally, but some people do videos as well. And then you think about how you're delivering those messages. You can't always ask people to come find you. You have to have a push mechanism. And so that's where your social media and some of the other channels where you're able to deliver content, newsletter partnerships as well is another great one. 
at the end of the day, when you think about your B2B customers' needs, it's not just understanding who one customer is, figuring out your ICP. You're looking at accounts. You're looking at multiple constituents within those accounts. You're thinking about not only how to nurture them, but when they are in market, what's the way that you get them to actually start to convert? Ike, when you get to the end of the road with someone and they're like, hey, I am in market, how do you convert what you know about those customers into having them be your customers? How do you make the rubber meet the road, matching customers' needs with your hardcore sales tactics? In most cases, the modern customer is very, very aware of what they're looking for. But most conversations don't start by them just telling you every bit of detail about their intent. In most cases, when they are ready to like look at solutions, they probably schedule like 10, 15 demos with yourself and a bunch of other companies in your space. And they're kind of going through those that motion. So the goal, again, is to, I think that establishing trust is the first thing in any of these relationships where, number one, they need to trust that the philosophy that you come with is matching theirs. So I think that they've already done some of that homework before they even talk to you by looking at your content, as you rightly said, Ben, at your blogs, at your videos, and so forth. And for us, also, a big part of our engine is working with our customers as references. Because I think a peer-to-peer trust is something that is the first thing that most people are looking for. If we are able to establish and have champions among our current customer set and are able to say, well, hey, you know what, we'd love to introduce you to some of our existing customers, that really changes the game. That's number one. Number two for us is, again, goes back to, yes, we broadly know what their intent is, but they have a very specific need in many cases. So it is about focusing on that specific need and having those right questions to really unearth what that exact intent is. Again, you might be selling them a Swiss knife, but they really just want a screwdriver for now. So really understanding how to differentiate that and not just talk about those thousand things that you can do for them, but focusing on that one thing that they're really in market for. And then, yes, you can continue to expand on that offering and tell them like, hey, tomorrow you might need a knife. Well, I've got that one too. So it's a long-term relationship, don't worry. But for right now, this is the best screwdriver in the market kind of thing, right? So the goal is to understand the intent of the mission that they're on because they're on a mission. They have a certain need that's been given to them by their management, find me a solution for X. So focus on that, understand the real need there and give them all the tools possible that they can actually mobilize you inside their org because this is just the first person. Now they need to sell you to the six other people in their next Monday meeting. Give them all the tools for that. Don't let them wreck their head on trying to figure out what you guys do and trying to translate that in the proper way. So understand the person's needs, give them exactly what they're looking for, for their intent, but then give all the supporting material for all the other players that you might think they might be talking to very soon. I think that's great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ike Singh Kihal, CEO of Social27. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Ike and I are going to have a conversation about leveraging sponsors in your events. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Ike, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Ike Singh, I-K-E-S-I-N-G-H. Or you could visit his company's website, which is social27.com. That's social, the number two, the number seven.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.